We're going to turn our attention to the book of James chapter 1 verses 2 until 8. We're going to put uh, the scripture up on screen because uh, I will be reading from the message version. I don't know why it just felt uh, really good to read from the message version. And um, I hope you all have no problem or no priorities that we pastors should only read from NIV or NKJV. I hope that's okay. So we're going to read it from message version and, and I hope that's going to come up on screen until the time it comes up on screen. You can listen and you can read in whatever versions you have. This is what the Bible says. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges comes at you from all sides not from one side from all sides because you know that under pressure because you know that under pressure your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors so don't try to get out of anything prematurely let it do its work so you become mature and well developed and not deficient in any way if you don't know what you're doing pray to the father because he loves to help you will get his help won't be condescended to when you ask for it ask therefore boldly believingly without a second thought people who worry their prayers are like wind whip waves don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way you're drifted sea keeping all your options open today uh, the spirit of the lord wants to talk to us about being thankful under pressure can somebody say being thankful under pressure come on come on come on repeat it after me being thankful under pressure you had wonderful turkeys the whole week so you can do better come on church say being thankful under pressure you all may be seated in the house you all may be seated what a joy and a privilege to be back with Zion be back with my family you know uh, uh, it is always I, I look forward to getting out of the winter in Chicago and as soon as I landed here because uh, I uh, got into the flight while it was 18 and I come here it is 44 I thought it is okay but the whole week we had several plans to do several things but the whole week the wind in Dallas was far worse than Chicago you know so I was almost about to support Cowboys but because of your wind in Dallas man I'm gonna go back change my loyalty to bears and uh, I hope that is okay with each one of you and you wouldn't judge me and the sermon because I am from the bears team right so today what we want to look into is thankful under pressures because it is easy for Paul to write and say that you know what rejoice and rejoice always it's like he is commanding right it is a commandment where Paul says rejoice and I say again that rejoice but sometimes you know what pastor Paul we cannot rejoice always it is not easy to rejoice when I'm going through pain it is not easy to rejoice when I'm going through the trials and struggles of how to put the food on the plate of my kids sometimes it is not easy to rejoice when I'm in the pit when I'm in the prison because God promised me the palace but I'm still in the pit so I cannot rejoice to be honest and to be honest I'm not thankful about the pain in my life but I'm thankful about what that pain produces through my life can I repeat myself I'm not thankful of the pain that I go through but I'm thankful of the purpose that the pain produces in my life 
Ask any mother who has given birth. You know, she goes through cramps. She goes through kicking. She goes through crushing moments. She is completely down with several sorts of emotions. Nine months on the bed. But she will still look with the hope and say, even though I am in pain today, I know that I am going to produce a life, a life that's going to give me hope. Therefore, even though I'm not thankful of my pain, but I'm thankful of the process in that pain because that pain produces life into my life therefore today as we stand together we need to understand that everybody wants a dream job a dream girl a dream boy they want to have a dream marriage but as soon as they wake up from their sleep they realize it's no more a dream right life hits you hard and sometimes life is like a kinder kinder joy have you seen Kinder Joy? You walk into Walmart, I sometimes I figure out, they don't put it on aisle A to 19 or B or C or D. They put it exactly where you gotta go make your payments, right? And if you go with a seven-year-old nephew like mine and sons and daughters who are young as yours, you know, you might have, and they walk with you, and they look at this extremely alluring candy kept right in front of them. Sometimes you can't say no. Life is like Kinder Joy because you still buy it even though it's expensive. You want your kids to be happy. You want your nephew, your niece, your cousin to be, you still buy it. That joy sustains in your life, is contained in your life unless and until the two circular balls, the small ones, as long as they are in your mouth, there is joy. But as soon as that is done, that joy is over. God I am not thankful for the way my money is being spent. That is life. But sometimes what we do not understand is when you put your life on a monitor, right? And you see your heartbeat, many doctors over here, you see your heartbeat, that is a wave that is formed. It's like a mountain where you go up and you come down. You go up and you come down. We don't like going into the valleys. We like staying on the top of the mountain. But if you are always staying on the top of the mountain, you are more riskier to die faster than who is staying in the valley. And you cannot expect your life to be completely smooth like a straight line as well. Because as soon as you see that the monitor is going straight, everybody starts weeping. Why? Because you are dead. Therefore, life is a combination of pressures, of stress. But God says that I, my name is Prince of Peace. Therefore, when you go through those pressures, all you got to do is be thankful. We just heard many people met with accident. Many people went through trials and, and tribulations this whole season. And you might be wondering, God, why? Because God has got a purpose. When you go through those seasons, those moments is when we realize the love that God has for us. You know, there's this beautiful story that I want to share. One fine day, there was a young gentleman who got out of his office early because he was frustrated. He did not want to work anymore. And he was so annoyed with his boss giving him more deadlines. And especially in November and December, if you work in the corporate, it's the most pressurized season. Because when I was working in the corporate, you know, my clients from UK and from Ireland, they want to go for Thanksgiving break early and they want to go for Christmas break early. Therefore, we got to work ahead of time so that they can go for break. You know, it's such a pressurized season, especially for people working in the corporate, people working in the hospital industry. You do not know what's going to happen next. So this young gentleman one day, he got out of his office, he took his car and he wanted to go for a drive. He went and he was deserted right in the middle of where there is nobody to help him. His car stopped working. He got out, right? 
And what we all do is we turn, we open the bonnet thinking we know a lot about the car, right? We all, I have done that. Even though I don't know A to B to C of my car, I will still open the bonnet to show I'm doing something. I have no idea. So he was so frustrated. He said, God, not today. Not today. When I was having so many problems already in my life. There you go. I want to have some peace. I get out of my office. My car is broken. Suddenly, there's a huge limo that comes. There's a guy that comes out of the car. You know, he, uh, he, he, he takes his suit off, three-piece suit, looks wonderful. He says, young gentleman, what happened? He said, my car is broken. I don't think you can help. It's okay, sir. Thank you for being considerate. Thank you for stopping. I think you can go. So this guy said, no, 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 no. Give a second. Let me see what's happened to your car. So he walks in. He looks into the bonnet. He fixes it in just five minutes. Just five minutes. This young gentleman was so surprised. He asked, what did you do? Because I've been staring at the same spark plug for the past 20 minutes. That's the problem. We've been staring at problems. We've been staring at situations that's turning us down. We've been staring at situations that breaking our family down. We are not trying to fix it. So all this guy was doing is staring at it. So this young, this older man said, all I did is I knew I had to change this wire to there. And this young gentleman asked, who are you? He said, my name is Henry Ford. If I don't know how to fix my car, who will know how to fix my car? When you are stuck and deserted, listen to me, when you are stuck and deserted in situations of pressure, because look at how James says, it's not from one way, it's from every ways that we are stressed, we are put down, we are perplexed in situations. Look at how Henry Ford knew how to fix his car. My God knows how to fix you and me in the situations that we walk through. When we are staring at the spark plugs, my God is working on the background. When we are staring at the reports of the doctor, come on, somebody who's excited, I would say, God, thank you that you are not staring at the report of the doctor doctor but you are changing the reports of the doctor because he knows how to run this machine he knows how to run the church he knows how to run your family he knows how to take care of what you need in your life therefore I am thankful under pressure because I know that the owner of my life is he who is taking care of me there are a few things that we're going to look into I don't know if you are hungry because today morning the Holy Spirit had to resurrect me from my food coma. There was so much of food yesterday. You know, the turkey is dancing in my tummy, but I said my soul needs food. And I believe that each one of us are hungry this morning. Pressures reveal the true character and identity of who we are. There are three things that we are going to look into quickly in order to understand how to be thankful under pressure. The first one is thankfulness fills the gap. Thankfulness fills the gap. Why did I say that? You know, holding back gratitude in life creates vacuum, creates a void between the receiver and the giver. Do you remember when Jesus healed the 10 lepers? One came back, immediately Jesus asked, where are the other nine? There is always a gap that is created when we are not thankful. When there is ingratitude in our life, when we are not thankful to the spouse who spends so much time, cooks a nice turkey, even though it's a little burnt, but you still need to have a nice sly way of saying, you know what, it's cooked amazingly. We got to be thankful because if we are not thankful to God, to people, to church, to situations, we create a vacuum in midst of us. 
The beauty about being thankful is, not being thankful is, we are into the season of accumulation that we forget the art of appreciation. In life, we want to grab everything possible. I'm not happy with just Kinder Joy, but Chachaji, I also need the Linda chocolates. Oh, Chachaji, I also need the Pakugan and the dinosaur together. Why? Because I am just not happy with one thing in my life. Human beings, when we grow older, I am not happy with one house, but I need another one. Thankfully, we say I'm happy with one wife because we know the struggle of one wife. Even though, even though I'm not married. That's why I tell, marriage is a blessing. Right? Marriage is a blessing. But I say, God, and I tell my family, I don't want to get that blessing sometime soon. I'm okay with you guys enjoying that blessing. I'm okay with uh, getting the front row seats and seeing the wonderful blessing that marriage brings. But I am okay for not to be greedy enough to walk into that blessing anytime soon. I know. A lot of husbands left. No, you be careful. Your wives have been staring at you now. I've been looking at your wives. <laughs> so take care of that. Now, here's the thing. We are so busy in the season of accumulation that we forget the art of appreciation. God, give me, give me, give me, give me. But do we have the moment to appreciate what God's given us? Do we have a moment to appreciate what the church is doing in our life? Because when I work, especially uh, one of the theses that I want to concentrate while I do my ministry and while I'm pastoring an intergenerational church in Chicago uh, and many Indian, Asian, Indian, uh, American churches, the problem that they face is there is a generational gap and we agree to it. Kids don't want to go to their parents' church. Parents don't want to go to where the kids go. And I was telling the church, hey, you know what? When there is a gap, all you got to do is understand that indifferences does not mean disunity indifferences means you are unique in a company if everybody are the same what is the point of running a company indifferences does not mean disunity in a church when there is a younger generation who need to be catered according to the younger generation so i told the pair, i told the younger folks when i was talking to them i tell the church that i pass i tell them hey you know what younger folks your parents moved to the United States of America when they were 40 or 45 or maybe 50. So they lived all their life in India. When they came to America, they cannot think how to change according to the culture because all they were thinking is how to work hard and put food on my kids' table. So don't expect your parents to change. And I told the kids, I'm sorry, I told the parents, I told it was your choice. Don't come and tell me, oh, God told me in a vision, go to America. No, you wanted to go to America, so you came. It was a choice. Now, don't force your kids to be in an Indian culture because they have not seen the India that you have seen. Right? Recognizing where the gap is, catering according to the gap is what the word of God does. And I told them, I don't want to propagate Indian culture. I told them, I don't want to propagate an American culture, but I want to propagate a Christ culture. Amen. The problem in churches these days are because we are driven culturally. We are driven, and it is good to have the values, and I love the Kerala values that is imbibed in me. But you know what I do not like is I don't want to be a part of this gang. I don't want to be a part of that gang. All I want to know is I am a part of Christ's culture. So when I go, I do not go as a Malayali. I do not go as an Indian, but I go as an ambassador of Christ. 
intergenerational churches will start thriving, will start growing when we understand that there is indifferences, but that does not mean disunity. That means the uniqueness of God in our life. The first thing was thankfulness fills the gap. The attitude of gratitude, we're going to put that up on the screen. Listen to me very carefully and read it up, okay? This attitude of gratitude, you know what it does? It helps you to make peace with your past by owning your peace of the past. Let's read that together if you don't mind. You know, sometimes I know when you have a handsome guy preaching in front of you, you cannot look at the screen behind. All good things come from Bangalore. I'm not even looking at all the Bombay people. In the name of Jesus. Look at this. Your attitude of gratitude helps you to make peace with your past by owning your peace of the past. We always say, I want my new year to be really new, but it's still the same. I want new things to happen in my relationship. I want new things to happen in my church. I want new things to happen in my company. But the problem is, the problem is we not adapting to the change. We're not trying to understand what is our peace, what is our role that is played in taking the peace out of our life. Thankfulness gives us clarity of who we are, of what we are, and of whose we are. This identity tells me that you know what? I don't run according to the past. The second thing that thankfulness does, that does is, thankfulness is a discipline. Somebody says it's a discipline. It does not come one day suddenly as soon as you walk in. Because many a times we are only thankful when we have the food, when we have the candy, when we have the blessing. We're going to put the second thing up. Thankfulness being a discipline is when I am not after the presence of God, but I'm after the presence of God. Listen to this. Can you put the second thing up? The 2.1. We're going to read that together. Look at this. Being thankful is in the presence more than the presence. God, thank you for the candy. Thank you for the car. Thank you for the house. But what if you do not have the economy crash and you do not have money to fuel the car? God, why did you give me the car? God, I've been wanting for a promotion. Now you got a promotion. You're sitting on the chair with a promotion. But God, these people, I don't know how to handle them. So much of stress. I don't know how to meet my sales. The problem is we thank God only when we have a blessing. We don't thank God when we do not have a blessing. Therefore, there is always a tension on how to move forward as a Christian. Something that I really like about Joseph's life from Genesis, it, you know, you all know the story. God gave Joseph a mission. God gave Joseph a vision. There was a provision, but God did not tell him the process of that provision. God did not tell him the process of where he is supposed to be. God told him that there's something that's going to happen in your life. God tells us that there is a promise in front of us, but sometimes God does not tell us the process. You know why? When Joseph was a teenager, imagine somebody coming and telling you that I'm going to give you a promotion, but before that, you got to be in the pit. Before that, you got to be in the Potiphar's house. Before that, you got to be in the jail. Before that, you got to go through the struggles. I would say, God, I'm, I'm going to tap out right now. It's a knockout for me. I want to get out right now. I don't want the blessing. Sometimes God does not tell us the process of our blessing. It's because even before we reach our blessing we say God I am done with this I am done with this but look at Joseph in every situation of his life I want to encourage somebody 
Even when your soul, even when you're in the pit, when you see darkness around you, I want you to close your eyes and start seeing the light of the world working for you. Even when you are in the jail, even when you are in the Potiphar's house, and the beauty about Joseph is he did not say, I was in the pit, I was a slave, now I'm in the Potiphar's house, I've got responsibility, let me stay here. No. You know what discipline, why did I say thankfulness is a discipline? It's because thankfulness as a discipline creates focus in our life to our promise. When we have an attitude of thankfulness in our life, we will know that God, no matter what, I know that I am in this situation. I did get a point of level where I am happy, but this is not what you intended. Imagine if Joseph would have said, God, I'm happy with Potiphar's wife. I'm happy with this position. He would not have reached his promise. Today, what we ought to do is thankfulness being an attitude that is inculcated in our life, even when we have pressures of our life. Most of the Psalms written starts with giving thanks. Why? Especially a character called as David. He knows even when I'm going through the deepest, darkest struggles of my life, my father disowned, my mother disowned, everybody around me does not like me. They've been pressurizing me. They don't like me. I wish, they wish that I was no more. Many a times we wish, God, I am done with this life. I cannot handle the pressures of life from family, from kids. And sometimes I've realized that the biggest pressures of life is the smallest pressures of life. Imagine you're going for an interview. You're going for a special meeting. Last Sunday, what happened is I was traveling to church and it was so cold and I wanted Starbucks. So I walked into Starbucks and I'm all dressed up nice, right? And the barista smiles at me, gives me the cup of large venti coffee. I pick it up and he did not close the cup properly. So all the coffee fell on me. The biggest problem in life is the smallest problems in life. But what do we do when we are running late and we've got a flat tire? What do we do when we are running late and we are stuck in traffic? Are we going to sideline into the road rage that we have to do, which is an Indian culture, which is an American culture? Or am I going to stick into the Christ culture of Thanksgiving? I'm going to say, God, there is a roadblock, but I know that you're working in the background. When, 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 when David says, David says, God, in Psalms 23, what is it? You prepare a table for me in front of my enemies. But we always forget the Psalms, the verses before that. What is it? Even though I walk through the valley of death, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I know you are there with me. So unless and until we don't walk through those valleys of death, we cannot expect God to prepare the table. I said, God, teach me patience. God made me a pastor. Right? Right? God says, when we pray, God, give me the fruit of joy, of peace, of, 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 of what I need to feel. According to what your Bible says, God gives you problems. Because the presence of your problem is not absence of God. The presence of your problem is the, the, the seed of fruit coming out into actuality. Therefore, thankfulness is a discipline. I'm going to finish up with this. I'm going to finish up with this. The third thing. The third thing. The third thing. Thankfulness demands an action. Thankfulness always demands an action. When you go to a kitty party and that kitty party turns out to be a pity party. We don't know what to do. God, I've been cribbing. I've been crying. I don't know what to do. 
I went to enjoy, I went to have a good time, but there you go. I meet people who have already made me upset. I meet people who have reminded me of my past. I don't know how to go with it. Thankfulness demands an action. Look into those situations, smile at them and say, you know what? I am not going to be disheartened at this point in time because I know the purpose that God has for me. You know why I said thankful demands for an action? This is the thing. I think they're going to put the statement up. Gratitude without practice is like faith without works. Gratitude, let me repeat myself, without action is like faith without works. We all say we have the emotion of love. We do not know how to have the expression of love. We have the emotion of thanksgiving, but we do not know how to be expressive in our thankfulness. Today, how about we inculcate this discipline that just does not come out one day in a year, sitting at the table, staring at the turkey, staring at the chicken, and I am thankful. No. It is a habit that I am going to develop that God, even if I do not have the blessings and even if I do not see the promise right now, I am still not going to leave you because the biggest promise that I have is your word that says, I am not going to leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, I know no matter how big of a struggle that I am going through in my company, in making the decisions for my family, in making the decisions for my education, I finished my high school. I don't know if I got to go to uni or not. I don't know if I got to go join the army or not. I don't know if I have to go start working or not. God, I am stuck in the crossroads trying to figure out how to make a way out of it. Can I encourage somebody? Start praising before you start pacing in your life. Because something that happens is when we hold back praise, what comes forth is pride. When we hold back the praise that is due to God. In India a few months ago, when I was there in India, it was a funny story. The electricity board people came and took the fuse of the church, uh, the, the electric board. You know why? Because we did not appreciate them enough by paying the bill for three months. Our property manager was supposed to pay, but he, there was some issue with the Google Pay that he was doing and he could not pay. The, electric, the world will take the fuse off if you don't appreciate them enough. My God hasn't taken the fuse off our lives yet. But are there some praises that are due? Are there some praises that we have hold, held back and saying, God, you know what I actually got, whatever I've gotten in my life is because of your grace. The third thing that I was mentioning is thankfulness demands for an action. Unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. I know it's not a responsibility. I got to go say thank you to my mom when she prepares a meal. But I think, you know what? It is the biggest responsibility to go look at her face and say, Mom, you know what? Thank you. Sometimes spouses, I don't want to get into it. Sometimes spouses, all your wife wants to hear is how amazing. I know the curry was not amazing as you expected, right? It was not the chef that you thought you were. Sometimes you wanted to marry and get the whatever it is, you know, but you do not expect what is there. But sometimes how about we start saying, you know what, babe, thank you for the turkey that you cooked. It is good, bland, but it is good. I can still work with the sauce that I have. Holding back gratitude is ingratitude. Can we all rise in God's presence today? Can I challenge somebody? <coughs> Can I challenge somebody to start changing our attitudes the way David did? The way Joseph did? 
They said, I'm not ready to hold back. I'm not, I'm not ready to hold back the praise, but I'm going to give God the praise because I don't want pride to take place of my praise. Take these moments to think the smallest and the tiniest even things that God has done. Today, if I stand here, it's because God, it's your favor, it's your mercy, it's your faithfulness. God, thank you. Thank you for the family that I have. Thank you for the community that I have. Thank you for the church that I have and I get to serve and be served. Thank you for every situation of pain that I go through because I know that this pain is producing the fruits, the promise, the purpose of why I was created. Are we busy in accumulation? How about we say, God, I'm ready for an appreciation. Appreciating the wife that you gave, appreciating the husband that you gave, appreciating the kids, the, the company, the business. You know, thankfulness changes your character in such a way that even if you have your enemies in front of you, you would be thankful for having your enemies in front of you. When David says, God prepared, what? A table in front of my enemies. Who are your enemies? Not your neighbor, my friend, but your enemies might be the depression that you're going through, the addiction that you're going through, the sickness that you have. Your enemies might be the mere thought that has bullied you over the years now and again. I want to look at you and tell you that my God is preparing a table in front of those infirmities, those spirit of depression, those spirit of addiction, and in front of those enemies of yours, you will sit down and dine in glory because that God for some families I want to tell you some families I want to tell you start bringing the praise that is due to God and start seeing things that's going to change for you because 2023 God we believe will not be the same as what we saw in 2022 but we are you know what thankful 2020 2019 2020 2021 when the pandemic hit we were not supposed to be here yet you and your glory and your grace protected me therefore God I know that you would sustain sustain my future when you walk through the enemies of your life don't pray for that destruction don't pray for that destruction but look at them and say thank you you know why you know why because you're taking me one step closer to my promise families thank God Yes, there are problems, there are tensions, there are issues that's not running right in your house. But thank God that that brings you guys closer in Christ. Father Lord, we want to pray for all you've done. Help us to be thankful under pressure so that we don't get out of it prematurely. We stay there, we sustain there, we know what you do and then we, oh Father God, endure that process of pain to produce what you have for us in our life. Thank you for speaking into our lives. 
in Jesus loving name we pray and everybody said amen church tomorrow I'd be traveling back to Chicago I would I expect your prayers in the ministry if you are anytime any of you coming to Chicago downtown or or if you come to the the land of Chicago just hit me up and we would love to have you in the church and would love to see you if not uh, maybe it's next time when I come to Dallas if not we will meet in that shore God bless each one of you thank you so much